Okay, I got to. Oh, wait, why am I doing that? I'm going to put the um, admitting, the admitting, the waiting room. Okay. Thanks for your patience, everybody. I'm Casey Toomey, uh, serve as an assistant city manager here. I'm filling in for Jasmine Moore this evening. So uh, bear with me as I um, am not as good as running at running the Zoom, but I'll try to um, muddle through here tonight. So um, this is our sustainability advisory board meeting. And chair, I don't know if you want to call us to order and then I have some announcements or do you want to do my announcements first? Uh, we'll do announcements first. Okay. Hold on one second. Got somebody else to admit. Okay. Thank you, Chair. My name is Casey Toomey, and I will be facilitating the Zoom portion of the meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and public access cable channel 25. During the meeting, please mute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon found on the lower left-hand side of the Zoom menu next to the video icon. When you are muted, a red line will appear over the icon. Muting your microphone during the meeting will make it easier for everyone to hear. When you are ready to speak, remember to unmute yourself. If you are participating by phone, you can press star six to unmute your phone. Each time you speak, please remember to state your name and title for the benefit of those listening remotely. In the menu, you can also turn your camera on or off by clicking the video icon. We request that board members please keep your video on during the meeting if possible. Members of the public can turn their camera off until they are ready to give public comment. All motions will need to be stated clearly after a motion is made and seconded, the chair will call on board members individually to provide their votes. We have several people who have expressed interest in providing public comment on one or more items. When we get to public comment, chair, if you would check in with me to see if there is anyone on Zoom who would like to speak. I want to again remind everyone to please mute yourself while you're not speaking. And now I'll turn the meeting back over to our chair. Good evening, everybody. Um, it's 5.39 p.m. I would like to call a sustainability advisory board meeting um, open. I forgot the term. My mind went blank. Call to order. Okay. So um, we heard about the hybrid meeting procedures. Um, so we need to approve the minutes from the August 2021 sustainability advisory board meeting. Has everybody had a chance to go through those, review those, and have any uh, edits or things that need to be changed for that? Is that the September meeting minutes that we need to approve? Yes, you are right. September. I was looking at the wrong ones. Um, no, it says on here August or September. Okay. Well, the September meeting minutes. Has everybody had a chance to go through those? Am I even on? Can you hear me? Okay, there we go. Okay, has everybody had a chance to go through the September meeting minutes and have any edits or changes? This is Kate Johnson. I move we accept as provided. Steve Kramer, second. I second that. Okay, so we have a first and a second. Um, 
We have a vote. I don't know how I can see everybody to call on everybody. Let me see if I can do this. Okay, so um, a motion on the floor to approve the minutes from September meeting. Um, Kay Johnson? Yes. Yes. Stephen Kramer? Correct. Is that a yes? Yes. Okay. Sarah Chenoweth? Yes. Ben Sykes? Yes. Okay. Uh, Kira? Yes. Okay. And did I forget anybody? Deb. Is Deb? Stan Rasmussen. Oh, Stan Rasmussen. Okay. Stan? Yes. 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 And this is Allison Kuntz and yes. Okay. Is Deb Ford on? Deb Ford is on too. Okay. Deb, what is your vote? Deb Ford. Deb Ford, yes. Okay. And I vote yes to approve those. So the meeting minutes from September have been approved. Okay. On to the next thing. So tonight um, we are looking at, um, where's the meeting agenda? Here we go. Okay. So we're looking at um, the next one uh, for administration purposes. Um, we have terms expiring for December 2021 are um, Stephen Kramer, Sarah Chenoweth, and Kay Johnson, um, eligible for reappointment. Um, and then Kira McPherson, oh, she was reappointed. Okay, so we have, and I think that current opening was filled by Stephen Kramer last time. I think I missed the last meeting, so. Yeah, I think it was Stephen. Okay. You were correct. Okay, so maybe I'm, okay. So we do have um, terms expiring. Are you guys aware of that? And you can get reappointed. This is Kate Johnson. I applied today for reappointment. Okay. Steven and Sarah, are you aware of that? I am aware. Okay, good deal. All right. So on the table this evening is we are going to relook at our draft ordinance of the Senior Youth's plastic bag. Um, the Sustainability Advisory Board presented recommendations to the City Commission in 2019 regarding single-use plastic bags. City Commission directed staff to develop an ordinance based on the recommendations that SAB presented. The COVID-19 pandemic created uncertainty about moving forward with an ordinance, and the item was moved to the future agenda item section of the City Commission agenda in 2020 and 2021. Uh, Sustainability Advisory Board expressed interest in revisiting the recommendation and will discuss if they would like to modify the original recommendation before the City Commission considers adopting the draft ordinance. Um, so, it, and on the agenda, we were provided all of the past documents that um, that discuss what was done. And I remember being on these conversations when we were discussing this before. We had a lot of concerns um, that we had to work through and discuss. Um, and I think a lot of that was presented in some of that past information. Um, but there was a lot of, um, there wasn't a unanimous support for this draft ordinance. Um, and so I want to know if any, if everybody has gone through the documents, um, if we want to look at, um, whether or not we want to change any of the language, um, we should discuss this and then um, get public comment and feedback and then decide if we want to move forward with this um, draft ordinance as it's written. 
Um, I also want to advise that um, looking at language, like an ordinance is something that can be enforced. Um, and <clears throat> one of the issues from last time that I had concerns with was the state was trying to preempt our passing this ordinance in Lawrence. Um, and they were, there was talk that they would um, pass state legislative uh, ordinance that would um, supersede our municipal ordinance. So in that sense, I think, and I've mentioned this before, talking about potentially um, like a goal, like we did with the renewable energy, um, having a goal of banning single-use plastic bags. And basically what that would do is discourage the use of single-use plastic bags rather than having an ordinance that um, enfor that's enforceable with, with a fee or without a fee. Um, but these are just options that we can look at. Um, and so I'm just putting that out there so that if, if we do end up modifying the original ordinance, um, there's there's other avenues that we can take um, if if that's what the board wants, if that's what the public comment is showing that they want. Um, and so we have a lot of documents before us. Um, does any of the board, have you guys all reviewed the documents? Do you have concerns, issues, ideas? Let me know. I have a number of notes that might be worthwhile going through just briefly. Um, I'm not sure I wanted to be first, but I will um, go ahead and state some of my uh, some of my review of this. Uh, I've come from a, a number of different points. Uh, one of them is in my past career for about 30 years, I was in consumer product development. During that time, I took two different companies to become sustainability uh, company of the year for Walmart. Uh, during that time, uh, we obviously did quite a few things of uh, sustainability enhancement. Uh, the most uh, prolific one was to reduce packaging, um, both reusable packaging, repurposed packaging, and of course, size. One of the things we learned, though, is that uh, when it comes to consumers voting with their money, uh, they typically wouldn't spend a nickel more for sustainability. Uh, it's not something that people voluntarily spend a lot of time on. And when it comes down to parting with their money, they love the idea, but they typically wouldn't spend a nickel more. So when it comes down to trying to discourage the use of uh, single-use bags, I think there is an obstacle to overcome there. Uh, a second viewpoint I have is I actually lived in Seattle when this was uh, enacted and put into force. Uh, the... The impact upon the general consumer when we got rid of single-use bags uh, was not very significant. I mean, it just, there was not a lot of public uproar. Part of that probably due to a significant amount of education uh, prior to any of this happening. But it was a fairly seamless transition. And in, Mo in Redmond, they still allowed paper sacks. Um, so it really didn't cause a lot of uh, inconvenience on the consumers is just a shift away from plastic bags. And Seattle obviously is a very educated community um, and was willing to embrace this. Uh, my third viewpoint is I own JNS Coffee at Six and Wakarusa. And the impact on me as a single as a small business owner, um, 
there are versions of this ordinance that were discussed that would have some impact. Uh, I would have to basically create a skew of the tax and then charge for them uh, separately, which is not a huge undertaking for me and for most people with a POS cash register system. In a case where you're at the farmer's market or something like that, we're talking about a significant number of um, changes they would have to make. So this is not easy for a small business owner necessarily. Uh, and then finally, as somebody who has studied sustainability for quite a long time, um, I do believe that single use plastic sacks are an issue. They're a major issue. Um, if nothing further, it's obvious to everybody the amount of litter they create and the, uh, the just all the different public places where the brush is just littered with plastic paper bags that will not go away. And they're hard to clean up. And they're hard to get rid of. So some little side notes uh, on some of the reviews I did. Uh, we use a very small paper sack, brown paper sack for our muffins and scones and things like that. That cost me uh, about a nickel a piece. Whereas a uh, grocery shopping bag, what's are known as t-shirt bags, um, they're two cents a piece. If I had a full grown paper bag at my end on a small business for, for Walmart or somebody, we're talking about a penny a sack. At my end, they're anywhere from 10 to 15 cents a piece. So a 15 cent surcharge would just be covering my cost. Uh, at the same time, I don't charge for the paper sacks now. I've just absorbed that as a cost of doing business and I have no problem doing such. And I prefer the paper over the plastic. Um, I would, I am in favor of removing plastic bags. I'm not in favor of a surcharge upon paper bags. Uh, I think paper bags need to stay in place for now. Uh, I think there's steps to be taken that uh, allow consumers, especially during a time as stressful as this is, because COVID may be uh, easing up a bit, but then not really. I mean, everybody is largely still in masks in my shop. Uh, the people that aren't are sitting at a table. There are people that, that don't wear masks a lot. My baristas at this point, given our current status, I don't require them to wear a mask at this point. We did up until a week ago. Um, but it, overall, I, I would be in favor of removing single-use plastic, but I do want to keep brown paper. The surcharge itself, I would rather see just absorbed in the cost of business. If we did not sell those, then I think we would have a hard time keeping records. You're not going to get records from a business without a surcharge. Uh, if they have a POS uh, point of sale, cash register, it's easy to provide those records back to the city. Um, if we did enact this, I would really like to see that there is some pre-printed material available off the web for businesses that do some education as to why this has been enacted and to help educate people about why single-use plastic sacks are gone. Uh, but I think it's not a move that will be a great hardship. Uh, the surcharge, I think, adds a degree of penalty. And in this case, I definitely agree with Stan. I think it becomes almost a tax. And I feel like that is something that right now people really don't need, at least for a while longer until things start settling back into routine because we're nowhere near that. Uh, I think we also have to recognize that uh, there are a number of products of which paper is somewhat in jeopardy of supply chain being broken. And I think that's one of the things we have to be very careful about in this time where the supply chain is so uncertain, 
Uh, I can tell you uh, plastic cups, single-use plastic cups, were completely out of production nationwide for almost two months. And we just received our first shipment back today. Um, and the last one was last late uh, July. I think this is a very real threat to this particular legislature or this particular ordinance right now. And I think it's something we should consider. The timing is such that uh, this may be a very difficult time to start changing up things. Uh, so for what it's worth, I am in favor of, lo of losing single use bags entirely. I don't think the consumers will do it on their own. Uh, the cost impact to a lot of small businesses is not insignificant. Uh, it does add some money, but it's not enough for me to cause a lot of concern to my p &L. Uh, I would be in favor of continuing with that. Um, I think the biggest thing right now is understanding, uh, do we really need those numbers that that surcharge is important for the record? And it would help in further education later, but I don't know if it's justified in light of the situation we're in right now. So that's where I stand. That's really good, good feedback. And I appreciate your feedback, both as a um, small business owner and um, a Lawrence citizen and somebody who's come from a city that that transition has already been made. So I think that's really interesting feedback. Um, so thank you for sharing that and welcome. Sorry, I didn't get to meet you before, Stephen. Um, so anybody else want to add in and propose recommendations for change or supporting the ordinance as written? This is Ben Sykes, um, SAB board member. I just want to follow on a couple of things that, that Steve Steven said there, um, which I think are, are really solid. I really appreciate as well all those different perspectives to think about it. One of the features that seemed to come up a few times in discussion previously about this was about equity mm -hmm. and about how this is going to affect lower income people, particularly below the poverty line. And I want to understand, which I didn't get from all of these information, it seemed to me that the original recommendations and research around the surcharge, that a portion of that was meant to actually offset equity issues, particularly to provide education and often provide reusable bags to people that couldn't afford it otherwise. I think there's a lot of opportunity in reusable bags, including at places like the farmer's market or to um, um, people that are coming in town and we could give them a Lawrence bag or something like that. But what I'm trying to understand is how the surcharge went from you know, being a, a potential mechanism to help any kind of equity issues that would be generated because of this to simply all of it goes to a small business owner. The, the entire fee is going to them. And, and it sounds like from what Steven said that they need that much to offset the cost of these changes necessarily, but that there's no portion of any kind of fee that would help to offset the equity. So I don't know if anybody has any background on that or how that changed, but I would love to hear more about that. Um, so this is Kim Craner Ritchie from um, Lawrence Douglas County Sustainability. Um, I can offer a little bit on that um, and, and please jump in former board members if you recall this as well, um, was that there was, there was some question about the capacity and staff time it would take to enforce and run those programs um, in terms of collecting fees and then, um, you know, turning them into, you know, community programs, et cetera. And so then the um, having the businesses absorb them was, uh, was less of a 
a capacity issue. It was taking care of getting the plastic bags out of or lessening the plastic bags in rotation, um, but not creating an immense program that needed a lot of management. This is Kay Johnson, Sustainability Advisory Board member. I re recall that the legal department of the city had a problem with the fee as being a tax. And if the money went to back to the city, that it would be considered a tax. If the money went back to the business, it would not be considered a tax. And the city doesn't have the authority at this moment to be able to put in on a tax. So that's what I remember as the biggest issue associated with the fee. And that fee would be just whatever the business owner decided to charge, I, I believe, even though there was like a recommended amount, but, um, but there would be no tracking at all. And I, I think uh, Stan mentioned that that could be considered a revenue source for people instead of the purpose of eliminating plastic bags. And I, I think that that is one of the biggest issues associated with this is, is the fee. One quick question. Uh, looking at the uh, ordinance itself, it does say for each single-use disposable bag provided by an established consumer, they would be required to collect 15 cents per bag. Now, again, I don't know how we enforce that, but the ordinance does read 15 cents per bag. It's not so evidently, there, there's at least a cap on it. Um, but I don't know that there was any mechanism to monitor it. That's my understanding as well, Kay, that the enforcement piece was not there. It has developed, but there's opportunity for you guys to revisit this if you wish. If I could do a quick sidebar, there is a um, editorial correction uh, that Stan had mentioned already, and it's on the definition of reusable bag. It says must be at least four millimeters in thickness. That should be four mils. And I think that's fairly important correction to get. And clearly from the intention, it was supposed to be four mils. So I think that's just an editorial correction that needs to be put in place. Okay, we'll write the difference between those two. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is Kay Johnson, Sustainability Advisory Board member. Um, I'm very concerned that we didn't, did not have an education program um, to put forth before the folks uh, in our community, including the businesses. Um, there's um, lots of good reason to remove the plastic um, from the commerce, but I, I, for number one, don't believe it's right now. Um, and but number two, it seems that there are um, issues that have come up because of COVID, not the least of the equity issue, but also the supply chain issue. I um, did speak to um, the Dillon's headquarter um, folks in Hutchinson today, 
and ask them about their recycling, their plastic bag recycling program. Uh, they contract with a company that guarantees they're recycled, and but they ship all of their stores uh, ship to Hutchinson and then they're um, transported via one company and another company takes them for recycling and they go to Las Vegas. Uh, there's a lot of um, issues, I, you know, Kroger as the big name brand, um, the owners of Dillon's has a 2025 commitment to reduce single use plastics. However, this particular person told me that they're very concerned that they're not going to make that date because of the supply chain issues. So I know that there are big box stores that are already looking at reducing or removing single use plastics but now with the COVID issues um, and the supply chain issues, they're not sure that they're going to be able to make that. Um, they're studying the issue. They're continuing to study the issue. They would like to be able to do it by 2025. Um, and there hasn't been an announcement that it's slipped. But um, there is some really big concerns about the supply chain issue and being in um, the consumer product space and the chemical industry, we are having significant supply chain issues. So um, that's another consideration beyond some of the things that um, Stan has mentioned, uh, which I think was a very good list of things. And I don't know if Stan has the capacity where he's at to talk about that, but I know others uh, would probably like to to speak as well. But I just wanted to let you know that I I did speak to uh, Dylan's. They are actively um, recycling their bags. Other big box stores uh, probably are too, but she says they guarantee that it is their bags. Uh, whatever the consumer brings into their stores are being recycled. And that was a concern of um, several people. Are these plastic bags uh, that are going to, um, you know, the Dillon's stores actually getting to a recycling facility? And she says, yes, they are. Thank you, Kay. I appreciate that. This is Michael Kwas, Sustainability Advisory Board Chair. Um, did anybody else have any comments? And I appreciate Kay and Steven's comments. I think that it brings a lot of um, information when, you know, when we're deciding this, whether to move forward with this or not. So I appreciate that. Hi, this is Sarah, Sustain Sarah Chenow with Sustainability Advisory Board member. I really um, just sort of want to say that I agree with absolutely everything that everybody has said so far. And like Steven, I want a plastic bag ban, um, but I'm just not sure that this one is it right now. Um, and I, uh, the sort of thought that I'll add is that we, you know, in some of the documents that we got were some um, studies um, that, that looked at different ways to structure this, but I was sort of disappointed that there hadn't been a larger range of options studies. For example, um, there were no incentive structures um that seem to be presented in any of that and i would also be interested in seeing a uh, kind of a structure that 
maybe like Stephen was saying, kind of put some of the responsibility on the the businesses rather than the consumers. So I, I just wonder if maybe before an outright ban, if we could look at, well, what are some more like incentives, you know, because you go to the grocery store and you buy 10 things and they put one thing in a, you know, you get eight bags for 10 items. How can we work? And maybe it's going to happen anyway with what Kay is saying, work with businesses to uh, maximize the the bags that they have or, or just something. I wish there had been other options um, to sort of choose from in the research that we got other than just various fee structures. Um, but I, I agree with everything else that everyone um, has said and um, like what Stan wrote in. So that that's it. Thanks. Thank you, Sarah. This is Makakwa, Sustainability Advisory Board Chair. I remember when these discussions first started taking place and we started discussing this as, as a Sustainability Advisory Board, um, there was a lot of work put into this um, into this ordinance. Um, and that says a lot about how passionate sustainability advisory board is about this issue. Um, and there was talk about incentive structures. Um, I'm not sure why they didn't get put into um, the documents that we reviewed, but I do remember that there was um, a whole discussion about incentives, but whether that would work. Um, but this was before the city commission adopted the renewable energy goal. And so I think that, um, you know, we're, we're in a position right now where city commission is aware of the issues that need to be addressed. Um, we have a momentum as a sustainability advisory board. Um, and so, you know, I think that um, we're in a good position to, to relook at this issue, especially in a time of COVID. Um, and come up with an ordinance that would be equitable, that would be feasible, and and something that um, people may not be a, might not support in the beginning, but that's something that could be implemented and and accepted. Um, and so, you know, if this ordinance is not that, um, then what would that look like? Um, you know, what would people support? And so, I think that that I'm really happy that we have people ready to comment from the public. Um, it's just not on us as sustainability advisory board to, to vote on that and speak for the public, but that we actually have people here who would like to speak um, and I, and hear their concerns um, and whether that be an ordinance um, through a fee or whether that be an, uh, an incentive program, the, a goal like we did with renewable energy. Um, because like I said, you know, in, in 2020, they, um, you know, the House uh, tried to put forth a, um, a uh, the House Committee on Commerce tried to put forth a, um, a bill that a municipality shall not enact or enforce any ordinance, resolution, regulation, charge, fee, or tax relating to the use by stores or food service establishments, or the provision to their customers of single-use plastic carryout bags, paper carryout bags, single-use plastic stirrers, single-use plastic straws, expanded, uh, polystyrene food service products or any single use plastic product. Now that bill did die in the house in May, 2020. It didn't get one vote by the house, um, but it has been brought up, re-brought up to the 2021 legislative session, which if we, you know, chances are, if we um, move forward with this ordinance, it's going to be on the house legislative agenda in 2022, I would assume. Um, so um, there is a possibility that they would preempt this um, 
our ordinance. So keeping that in mind too, I think that's an important thing that we should consider as well. Um, but does anybody else have any concerns or um, before we open it up for public comment? This is Stan Rasmussen. Can you hear me? Yes, yes we can. Hey, um, I, I wrote out my comments because I was concerned whether or not I'd have good phone signal. I'm out past Oakley, Kansas right now. So I'm not gonna re review those uh, um, in any type of detail. I am concerned about the cost on the consumer and that it could turn into a profit mechanism for a, a business. Uh, I, I think we should be incentivizing people to not use the plastic bags. But, but another concern about this ordinance that I have is that it applies to both plastic and paper. Uh, Steve was making comments about the transition from plastic to paper in Seattle. This ordinance as proposed is is uh, uh, labels both of them as uh, disposable bags. And I, I, I'm not sure that companies or businesses in town are aware that it would impact them. And I'm thinking of like a drugstore, if you go get a prescription, at least the, when I go to Orchard Drugs to get a prescription, they put it inside of a little paper sack. They staple instructions about the medication on there. That's a, a paper sack that would ha they'd have to charge for. And if you go, I was going past um, Wheatfields and I saw Jewelry by Julie. Uh, and I thought, you know, if I go in there and buy a set of earrings for my wife, uh, they put them in a little plastic Ziploc or in a little paper bag uh, to carry them home, that's a disposable bag that would have to be charged for. So I'm, I'm thinking that there's vendors out there that wouldn't even know that it's supposed to apply to them. And then I also think about the imposition of having to put up signage and create receipts that document how many bags you provided a particular customer and how much you charge for those. I picked up carry-out Mexican food a couple days ago. It was in a plastic bag, but it had a handwritten receipt on it. They don't even provide a, a printed receipt. So they would not be able to comply with that unless they hand wrote it out, I guess, on each receipt. I just think we could do better, and I don't like plastic bags. I'm not, I don't want to advocate for those at all, but you know, I, I'm in a position where my wife and I can buy reusable bags and we, we keep them in our car so that when we go into stores, we can pull them out and use them. But uh, not everybody is able to do that. And I just think, think we could do better and I think we could provide more education and try to really change people's habits rather than just adding some more cost to their lives. So I'll, I'll stop there. Thanks. Yeah, this is uh, Ben Sykes, SAB board member. I mean, I think there's a couple of things there. One, you know, change is going to have costs of some shape or form, right? Uh, so I don't think we can just simply say that, you know, if it has any costs or any structure in there that we shouldn't ha have any changes. I think most of us are supportive of trying to find ways to get rid of plastic bags. And in fact, if you look at the data that we have from the um, 
all of the data that was provided in the background information, for example, shows that, you know, over 300 people that replied wanted a ban on single-use plastic bags. And of the other two approaches that are just small fees, that's about 120 people, right? So combined, most of the people that have replied in one shape, form, or another through correspondence or attending meetings want some kind of change. They don't want the status quo. They don't want it. They want either a fee, and, and maybe they don't understand all the consequences of these things. But um, to me, it also strikes me that many of the, the stipulations that we're making about why we can't do this, whether it be the equity issue, whether it be the education issue, whether it be the cost or the timeline, all of those things are, the solution to many of those are speared by the fact that we can't collect any funds at all from this. So if we can't collect any funds, and it all has to go back to the business, then there's no way to set up an education program. There's almost no way to fund an incentive program. There's almost no way to provide equity around trying to provide lower income people with bags. So I don't understand exactly what the proposed solution is because a lot of people want change, but we can't collect any funds at all through the city to, to do it in a way that would be responsible and address most of the issues that people are holding out. So I guess that's not a solution. I'm not advocating a solution here either, frustratingly. All I'm saying is that it's clear that I think most of us on the board want to change. If part of the consequences that people are worried about is the timeline, like right now is not good, or people need a longer time so businesses can be educated, we could easily form a more appropriate ordinance and then put it with a window that doesn't start till 2025, right? So we don't have to say we're not going to do anything. But we can say, well, what we're going to do is we're in a, in a crazy time right now with supply chains and we need more lead time to educate uh, small businesses and everybody else about what potential solutions they can do to deal with these things that are coming down the food chain. But at least we would be working towards a solution to get rid of plastic bags rather than simply saying it's too complex on all these sides and we're, we're just going to throw up our hands and say we don't want to do anything. That's my two cents. And if I if I could add to um, to to the context um, that you know this discussion was had prior to the the city adopting a strategic plan that has environmental sustainability as as a guiding principle and as a commitment, and so if you were to decide as a body to look at it again, you would have you know that guiding um, at least that that alignment um, with with other city strategies in figuring out how to move this forward. Does anybody else have any other comments? Who is it? This is Stan Rasmussen one more time. Uh, okay. Have we, do we have a good understanding why we can't recycle these plastic bags? Is it just that it clogs up machinery at our recycling facility? Do we yes. have a good understanding of yes. what it would take to to implement a recycle program for plastic bags? So our our vin the vendor that takes um, ham the vendor that takes um, recycling from the you know businesses who who pay for that service or for from uh, residents in Lawrence um, they do not accept that material that is not a material that they um, 
processing their machinery, nor do they have um, vendors set up to take that. Uh, sorry, this is uh, Kim Kreiner, Ritchie, Lawrence Douglas County Sustainability. Apologies. Um, so currently, we don't have that local source uh, to to take that material and process it. Um, so it would mean the city looking at a separate contract, or I guess negotiating with Ham to see what it would take for them to take that on. But that is not current offering in our community. Uh, this is Kate Johnson. Oh, go ahead, Stan. Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, I, I understand that it's not currently offered, but do we know, has anybody talked to Ham about what it would cost to do that? Or I, I just didn't know if we had that information. I didn't, I didn't see that anywhere. This is Kate Johnson, yeah, Sustainability Advisory Board member. I believe that we would have to do um, source separation because they cannot co-mingle that plastic bag with their other recyclables because it does clog up their equipment. Um, if we went to some sort of recycling um, program, it would probably be similar to what um, Dylan's is doing. It's what it was what my company was doing. We had a separate container. Um, that we asked people in the lunchroom to just put their plastic bags in, and then we drove it to Dylan's. Yeah, I mean, that's what we, we've been doing. Um, and, uh, you know, I had the, enough questions for my own company. Well, are they really recycling it? Um, so, but they have such large volumes that they can send it on a train, um, you know, to wherever they're, uh, recycling. So that makes a huge difference. And um, most of the regional recyclers don't have the capability to source separate plastic bags out of the regular waste stream. I would also add just a, some a more come maybe forward, sorry, thinking about the long game of waste reduction and you know, turning to recycling as kind of a stopgap might not be the the most, I guess, long game way to think about. I mean, just I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, long day. Um, if sorry, this is Kim Kreiner Ritchie again from Lawrence <laughs> Douglas County Sustainability. Um, apologies, uh, but if if we think about um, what we've seen in our global recycling market, even with plastic slowing down, and some of our vendor just having just having challenges or even cons you know concerns about what it's going to take to recycle some of our um, popular numbers in the future, I think looking past recycling is 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 a good way for our community to look at things because I think recycling is going to be kind of a stopgap if I made any sense. Yes, and some, according to um, my discussions that I've had with, uh, the, this is Kate Johnson, Sustainability Advisory Board member, um, that I've had with KDHE on that, that review the recycling, um, basically the supply chain going out. Um, there, so far, uh, HAM's been able to do it. Um, the Midwest has been able to do it, but the East and the West Coast hasn't. With the supplies chains breaking down, it's quite possible that now that the recycling is going to even be worse. Um, 
so far from what I understand, Ham's able to handle it, but, um, but, but there are significant issues in um, the long term for recycling. And, but we've also talked about having commercial recycling. Um, many of our businesses would like to have uh, municipal recycling. Um, if we, even if we put the plastic bags over in a separate <laughs> container and took them to Dylan's, um, but I'm not sure Dylan's would really like that, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what we were doing. <laughs> Steve Kramer advisory board. Um, a couple of things that I've, I've listened to that uh, I strongly agree with everything that's been put out there, but I have some uh, cautions with some of it. Uh, one of the things is that on this, uh, the, the replies, the 300 responses we got, I think you have to recognize that those are people with a strong bias towards the sustainability. It does not necessarily represent the population. It just represents the people who wanted to have a voice heard on that subject. Uh, I think people overall with recycling of grocery bags, I have serious doubts that 90% of the population would really recycle those bags. I think they're still going to end up everywhere we see them and with all the detriments to it. Um, that's been my experience on the corporate side with uh, mass retail is that people that love the sound of it, again, Actually doing it day to day is another thing entirely and paying for it is another thing entirely. Um, particularly, I would love to see us get rid of paper uh, single use grocery bags. I think that that's one of the issues. It's probably a, a bigger issue. I don't believe this is the right time to do it. I think there's too many issues going on, particularly with supply chain, but also with tensions, as was discussed at the September meeting. This is a stressful time already for many people. Uh, adding another thing on top of it, no matter how feel good it is, this may be just be better to wait a little bit longer until we have a little bit more of a, of a stable time and supply chain is stabilized, but also people are in the right frame of mind for the education to happen. Um, you talk about commercial recycling. I'm a strong advocate of that because we actually bag up all of our milk jugs and things and we take them to the county site um, because I don't know of a city site that can take them other than a a paid uh, a recycler that you pay to take them. Uh, that's something I think would have a lot more reach because I think there's a lot of commercial businesses with an awful lot of recyclable materials. And some of those, I think, have a very strong uh, possibility of making contributions. Recycling could work later on. Right now, the supply chain for recycling, I think, is also endangered. Uh, I think it's just timing is, is bad. I don't want to lose this. Um, I would like to see single-use bags go away, uh, but maybe not right now. And in the meantime, paper sacks are a good alternative to me for right now. Uh, there's a lot less impact on that, and I may be speaking from ignorance, but I don't think so. Um, getting people educated, getting them into stride, learning that single-use bags can go away without a big impact on their life. Small businesses like me, we can absorb things like this because I can tell you right now, all of my costs are skyrocketing. Um, plastic reusable cups went from $48 a case to $161 a case now that they're back and available. Wow. Uh, there's a lot of burdens on small businesses right now. Again, this is not the time to hit the small businesses with this either. Uh, again, I'm all in favor of getting rid of the single-use bags. It's just not right now. And I'm also not in favor of adding a lot of extra 
accounting, red tape, and everything else on people, including small business owners. I'd rather absorb the cost in a way. And if we can do an incentive, um, such as we do with our reusable cups, uh, we give a 10% discount if you bring in your own cup. Uh, I think there are incentive programs that we could put to use on this. For bags, might be a little difficult trying to tell people you're going to give them a nickel back because they didn't use a bag because a lot of people don't use the bags now. Groceries are a different matter. Shopping bags from Target, they're a different matter. Um, that's just my viewpoints. This is Kira McPherson, um, Sustainability Board Vice Chair. Uh, I, I agree with uh, most everything everybody has said. The timing is not great. I feel like we all, like as a country, have really, well, as a world, have really hit a really exhausted, burned out state. Um, and the supply issue, it's, uh, it's undeniable. It's a real issue. I want to make sure, though, when we're talking about this, that we do not overly focus on plastic recycling um, because that's just greenwashing. Plastic is a petrochemical byproduct, and we need to be getting away from that. So when we keep talking about recycling plastic, we're just doing the PR for petrochemical companies, and uh, they don't need us to do their PR. Um, also, Dylan's has a lot of good intentions that sound great on paper, but I can tell you as somebody who has worked there, um, what actually happens behind the scenes are, uh, it's not the same thing. And especially right now with like staffing problems and customer issues, uh, a lot of things are not getting done that, that are supposed to be getting done. Also, uh, there are some recycling plants where they say they recycle, but in reality, they burn the plastic bags because they're just so difficult to deal with. <laughs> so we need to, uh, I think, really focus on uh, the plastic bags as a pollution issue, um, not as a viable, I think for real, when we talk about recycling plastic, it's just not a scientifically sustainable conversation or defensible. Um, oh, and I just forgot the other thing I was going to say. I, I literally forgot what I was going to say. It happens. <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. So I don't, I think we really need to uh, avoid talking about re plastics recycling. Um, and we need to focus uh, on our carbon drawdown. Um, it is bad timing. It is inconvenient, but we are in active climate collapse. There's not going to be a good time. Things are just going to accelerate. Um, things are accelerating politically. They're accelerating all over. We have there's not going to be a good time, so we need to talk about drawing down our carbon footprint and recycling plastic. Uh, it has a big carbon budget, um, so that's all I, I wanted to say. I really just want to hear what the public has to say. I feel like there's going to be some good comments from them, so that's all I'll say. So now I th I think that everybody on the board has had an opportunity to express their opinions, concerns, issues. And I want to be able to make comments, um, not feeling like I'm the chair or that it should have more weight than anybody else's. Um, I just want to offer some middle ground, I guess. Um, it doesn't have to be bag with a fee, fan bags, 
ordinance type thing. And, and that's why I mentioned what I did at the beginning. And I think I mentioned this a couple of meetings ago as well. Um, you know, voting on an ordinance is, you know, that would be banning plastic bags that would be charging a fee that's enforceable. You know, that, that could, that could not get the support of the city commission for one, which is our goal, but for two, um, you know, that could get struck down by the state, which I don't think that we should, you know, be in fear of that and, and cower down to any of that. But I do think that, um, you know, we want to, as a board, we want to advise things that's, that's for the best for the public, represents the public, but also things that are feasible um, for the city commission. Um, and, you know, I don't know that I would be in favor of an ordinance um, plastic bag ban with a fee um, just because it would be a hindrance to me. I mean, I go to grocery shopping and it's a small fortune. I, you know, have five children. So, you know, I'd be spending an extra maybe fifth of my budget on bags. Um, but I, and, and it's families like mine that would be impacted, honestly. Um, and so that's why I offered um, another solution, um, a potential solution. And, and we saw this happen with the renewable energy goal that we put forth. You know, if we put forth a uh, plastic uh, banning plastic bags goal, that's not something that would be struck down by the state. It's not something that's enforceable, but it is also letting the city commission know and the public know that we are doing something. You know, we are taking the first step. It may not be what... Um, what we need or what people want in terms of, um, you know, carbon footprint reduction, climate change action. Um, but it's, it's something that that's feasible right now, especially in a time of COVID. Um, but we could put a date on it, you know, that we are um, suggesting to city commission, we are advising city commission to, um, to vote on this plastic ban, uh, bag, plastic bag ban goal um, and then putting forth a ordinance in two, three, four years time. And that would be a time that education could happen. That could be a time that the public would know that, you know, oh, okay. So why are they trying to ban plastic bags? Why are they trying to charge me a fee? Where's this money going? I mean, that could be a time of education that, you know, it would put people on notice that this is something that's going to happen. Um, it needs to happen. Um, we have the support for it to happen. Um, but it's not something that has to happen right away. We're giving time for the public to get on board. Does that make sense? And, and so I think that, um, yeah, there is a lot of education that needs to take place. Um, I also think that, that something needs to happen and that we as a board need to advise something. Um, and so there's, there's kind of a middle ground. And it may not be as strong as, as what pe some people want or think that we need at this time, but it is something. And it's something feasible. Um, and I'm just thinking, you know, politically, that what can be supported and what can be voted on. Um, you know, we could vote on this ordinance and have it, you know, not supported by city commission and it could get kicked back to us and we work on it again um, and, and that type of thing. Or we can, you know, think about possible alternatives now that, that we as a board can all support, first of all, um, and then, you know, submit to city commission to vote on that, that we know that they should support. Um, so that's just my two cents. Um, I think it worked well with the renewable energy goal. We saw that people started taking action after we set a goal for the city of Lawrence, which is not enforceable. We saw people starting to take action, you know, and I think that says a lot about, um, 
you know, the Lawrence community that, that when we set goals like this, that are, that are lofty and, and heavy, people will still, you know, move towards that in the right direction. Um, maybe that's positive thinking, optimism, but, um, we saw it happen with the new renewable energy goal. And so um, I think that that's the same route that we could take with this pla- uh, single use plastic bag ordinance, um, but that's just my two cents. So I think that um, I don't know exactly what we need to do next, but we do need to hear from the public. So anybody have any information? So do we need to put forth the ordinance? Do we need, or do, do we just open it up to public comment? This is Deborah Ford with the SAB. Um, I haven't spoken yet, but I agree with everything that's been said. And it seems like we're leaning towards perhaps taking this back into um, a committee. Um, I don't know if we have a plastics committee, but I'd be willing to to work on that to revise, maybe do a little bit more research uh, with things that are brought up from our many board members as well as what we hear from the community today. But I think we need to, to, to step back and, as you're saying, Makakwata, um, look at the language and maybe do a little bit more research at the school and incentivize. They could be more successful and also have some time um, for our economy and our community to uh, get back on its feet. Thank you, Deb. I appreciate it. So yes, we should, I think it's time that we open it up to public comment. And I will remind the public there um, three minutes, please, for each comment. Um, it seems like we have a lot of people, I think, that want to speak publicly on this issue. So um, hopefully you can concise your, or make your comments concise. So Chair, this is Casey Toomey, Assistant City Manager. I'd be happy to uh, call the names of folks. If uh, people on the Zoom call, I see several of you have raised your hand using the Zoom function. Um, If there are others of you that want to turn your cameras on and just raise your hand, I can look for that too. Um, I'll just call your name and then uh, you'll need to unmute yourself and you can give your public comment. Yes, that'd be great. Also turn your camera on too if you have your uh, hand raised on Zoom. Perfect. Thank you. We'll start with Chris Flowers. Hi, um, this is Chris Flowers. And one thing right now I've got to say is businesses shouldn't get to keep the money. Basically, are they just going to start upselling bags? You know, like they if they get 15 cents for a bag. And here's another thing, like like some of these grocery stores are doing pickup. Let's say you say, OK, I'll, I'll go ahead and accept bags. Are they going to start giving out more bags than they would have because they're going to get more money now? Um, I think it's I think businesses are going to be able to exploit this. I, I don't I don't know if they will. I, I do see a possibility there. And also, I think delivery should be exempt. Like I, where I work, I'm a delivery driver and we use um, paper bags. Like, how are we going to give the customers the food if we're not supposed to use bags? Are we saying that we would prefer the customer to get in their car and drive down there and pick up the food? I mean, that's going to be using up more gas like I, I think it'd be more environmental friendly just to order delivery because then as a driver, I, I can pick, I can do like three or four deliveries at once and that's more environmental, 
environmentally friendly, then all four of them come in to pick up the food. So I, I don't think um, this bag fee should be applied to like deliveries. And then let's see, what else do I have? Um, also, I don't think, I know it's it's good intentions, but I, part of it bugs me that the that the people on food stamps will be, be exempt because really, I think if you're gonna exempt people, it should be people who don't have kids because like we are the solution to the problem. Like people not having kids, that's gonna do more than people eliminating bags. Like people with kids, I mean, like just because you're poor, if we give them a, a reusable bag ahead of time, how come they can't be expected to remember it? Like if everyone else is, I think they should at least be able to. And I mean, I know I understand about the equity and the poor situation, but at what point are they going to be incented? You know what? They won't have any incentive to start switching like everyone else. So maybe they get one time or two i don't know i don't think you just keep allowing them to be exempt from having to do take part in preserving the environment especially because i i think a lot of the people on food stamps i think there's a good chance they have kids and people with kids they're the ones that should be doing this the most like unless unless reincarnation's a thing why why should i care what happens to the earth from like 50 to 70 years from now i'll be dead so that's just some of my thoughts. And also there is, uh, I don't think right now is a good time because where I worked, we almost ran out of paper bags, like, and we have run out of straws, but I would prefer just an outright ban on plastic bags, like maybe a year from now when the supplies has gotten more ste um, like, steady. So thank you. Joel Campbell. Hello, uh, my name is Joel Campbell. I'm a member of the Sunrise Movement and a KU student. I just kind of wanted to come on here and voice my support for the full banning of plastic bags. I feel like we all understand how bad they are for the environment, so I won't belabor those points, just kind of reiterate that removing plastic bags from the environment should be our number one priority with this ordinance. Recycling plastics is expensive and not really something we need to focus on if we just remove them entirely. Uh, on the point of equity, I'm not in favor of a surcharge on plastic bags, but instead support just fully banning them. Uh, if we move forward with this plan, the city must also provide plenty of opportunities for residents to get free reusable bags because the upfront cost of reusable bags may make them difficult to justify purchasing for those who live living to paycheck to paycheck. And it's necessary that we address this directly. Uh, however, we can do this equitably. It needs to be addressed eventually. So I'm in favor of doing it as soon as possible. And it's something that we need to put our weight behind. Also, this is somewhat unrelated, so uh, forgive me for that, but I'm not sure if I'll get the chance to bring this up afterwards, so I'll just mention it real quick. Sunrise recently had a meeting with the city manager where he talked about uh, franchise fees on utilities, uh, which is something that I hadn't heard about before, uh, and basically it's like uh, a utility will pay a certain amount, or I think it's the customer will pay a certain amount um, percentage-wise, uh, and this number percentage wise based on which kind of utility it is. And this number used to be lower for like fossil fuels and oil and gas, uh, but was recently brought back up to equal the rest of um, like every other kind of utility. So um, especially like considering how Senate Bill 24 hinders us from directly decreasing the amount of fossil fuel energy we use, 
I think raising the franchise fee on non-renewable non energy sources could be a really powerful tool in moving us towards uh, green, zero greenhouse gas emissions. So I just kind of wanted to bring that up. That's all I have. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Next is um, Mark. I don't see a last name. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <Thanks. laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm kind of with Joel on just banning plastic too. Um, I don't know if there necessarily needs to be a surcharge. I was just out in Eugene, Oregon for the entire summer living out there and they have a plastic bag ordinance, but to my knowledge, they didn't charge. Um, it was just banned. And I have family members who have lived in Austin, Texas and similar, they didn't charge a tax. There just was, there's just literally no plastic bags in the grocery stores. Um, so there's really no option to use plastic. So I'd be in favor of something like that. I, I think just because of the equity issue, like I don't think consumers or, you know, low-income persons or houses, people should have to pay extra um, to use plastic. So I'd be in favor of just a ban of it with no tax. I don't know if that's possible, maybe changing the language of the ordinance as it is. Um, so that's kind of on that front in terms of the surcharge. Um, and I think someone brought it earlier on, brought it up earlier on your board, but I think banning plastic bags would definitely be in line with the commitments made to environmental sustainability and the strategic plan. Um, and I know like everything we want to do at the city level, y'all are trying to relate back to that. So that would be another, I think, argument for it is you already made those commitments. And I think a decision to ban plastic would fall in line with that. Um, when it happens, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know the best time. And I, I, I've heard a lot about the supply chain and I'm not going to pretend to know everything about it. So it was nice getting like business um, viewpoints on how it would affect them. So I don't know what the best time would be for it, but I would definitely be for the city banning plastic, uh, but not necessarily a tax. Um, and someone brought up a really good point though, like, is there ever really going to be a good time with how fast things are accelerating? Um, and yeah, I guess if you, if you, we all know the environmental, I guess, viewpoints on why it shouldn't happen, but it doesn't take much just after a storm, like, look where the plastic bags are stuck at, you know, they're in the trees, they're in the wetlands, they're in the river. So it doesn't take much to, to just look around and see how plastic really is everywhere left and right. Um, and really, and a lot of our green spaces, a lot of our open spaces. So I think banning plastic bags would be really good for the environment, but um, I don't know when the right time would be. Yeah. Terry Wilkie. I want to thank the Sustainability Advisory Board for all the very good work on this ordinance. And I brought it to the Sustainability Advisory Board in 2015. And Eileen Horn had Jasmine's job at the time, and it went nowhere. And so then in 2016 or early 2017, I came again. And um, there's been quite a bit of effort on this. And I, I have a history of attending these meetings, and I am aware of the work that's gone into it. I was not aware, Kay. I, I read the final ordinance, and I'm like, oh, no, I thought we were going to have a fund for people who couldn't afford a bag or, you know, to help clean up the environment, take the money and, and use it for environmental cleanup. And I didn't know the tax part. So that makes good sense to me now. My comment to you tonight was going to be, <laughs> We wanted this written with no charge, I mean, not for the retailer to not receive the income, uh, but 
if it's a tax issue that always was active. I advocate that the Sustainability Advisory Board adopt this ordinance and give it to the City Commission to kick it around the same way that you all will do. It is in itself an incentive to carry your own bag. Many, many people living in Lawrence are as cheap as me and do not want to pay, I'm sorry, I thought I turned myself on, and do not want to pay 10 cents for a bag. That's just the doggone truth. And they will carry their bags and reuse their bags, reuse the plastic bags they have. And this is an incentive ordinance. It is not a ban, okay? If you don't care, if you don't, if you found yourself at the retailer without a bag, then good, it's equitable. You can pay for a bag. And uh, I, do, I do commend you. Thank you. Thank you all very much. I hope you adopt it. <laughs> Don Hawkins. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Uh, my name is Dawn Hawkins. I just, um, I'm not, I haven't been as involved in this and uh, spent as much time as so many folks have on this, this issue, as you guys all know, um, and a lot of patience and waiting for city governance to act on this major pollutant. So I think it's important for this board to represent these folks and create statements to the city commission and other city agencies that outlines the support you guys all clearly have for eliminating, eliminating plastic bags as soon as is practicable, recognizing that there are current supply chain and, and other limitations, COVID related perhaps, but to implore them to find solutions also to remove plastic as a bagging source in the first place. Um, just a couple more points I wanna make. Um, if I had money right now, I would totally put it directly into clean packaging. Um, and I really, I'm, I'm an optimist when it comes to the future of clean packaging and clean energy. Um, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot happening that, that can make these changes possible and infrastructure money possibly coming down the pike. Um, and as someone pointed out, we need bags for everything. You can't hardly you know, turn around without needing something to carry. And it's impossible to remove that need. So we have to find a source for these bagging needs that is clean and sustainable. Hemp comes to mind and supports Kansas agriculture. Um, so it's my memory that someone on one of the board members acts also as a representative to the city's public and sentence review committee. Um, so I want to also suggest that why not make a statement for that committee that's, that you all support incentives for clean, sustainable packaging manufacturing here in Lawrence. There could even be, you know, like I said, federal stimulus money coming down the pike for these types of industries that are providing solutions to major municipal problems. Um, lastly, plastic bags are a horrible tragedy and burden. Um, and our city solid waste collection is publicly publicly controlled. And so the city has a responsibility in my mind to find a solution. I suggest that this board advocate um, that solid waste staff do some research on the possibilities for ensuring that we have solid, reliable, trustworthy recycling source for plastic bags and other plastics and styrofoam waste. Um, and then just lastly, to the point of, of um, cost and, and equity, I agree with what um, 
Terry said uh, that we have, we've got so many plastic bag, bags floating around in the community. I probably have two trash bags in my garage. And so um, I really don't think that's going to be an issue in the short term for um, for folks to you know, pay if there is if there has to be a, you know, an incentive charged. Thank you. Maddie Bell. Hi, uh, I'm Maddie. I'm also a member of the Sunrise Movement. Um, yeah, I'm also in support of a complete ban of plastic bags. I think taxing them um, is kind of punishing the consumer for a production problem. Uh, and it also doesn't get rid of it. There's uh, enforcement issues have been talked about previously. Um, and I think that it sucks to punish poor people for not having money in order to get bags. Um, and like, as has been brought up, we need bags. Uh, we don't necessarily need plastic bags, especially because as we know, like grocery plastic bags, plastic bags rip and tear pretty easily. So that's why they're single use. Um, I also know that like, uh, they they're an issue not just in town but like in fields cows are eating them so get doing an ordinance that actually gets rid of them instead of trying to incentivize or not or like de-incentivize people from using them uh is preferable to me over or it or yeah i already said it um but yeah i think like taxing is not addressing taxing or doing a fee is not addressing the actual problem of the existence of these bags and doing that is putting the weight on the consumer when it's about production and obviously like as a city we can't control the production of plastic bags that a company is making and i also get that like the kansas state legislature is going to suck regarding this and uh like you know, try and stop it. But um, the, if we can take action now and like, you know, stop them being in the city, that would be great. Um, also super down for hemp bags um, and that kind of like stuff. So yeah, that's my public comment. Karen Pagel Miners. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm mainly on here tonight to uh, listen and to learn. And uh, I was very interested in uh, someone's comment on picking up prescriptions at a drugstore and then it gets put into a paper bag. Um, I used to have a German mother-in-law and I just wanted to show the little um, pharmacy bag that you get in Germany. It's a little cloth cotton bag. I'm not sure how well you can see this uh, with a little health message on the front. And I think if I'm remembering correctly, they, um, you know, the first prescription that you get with this, this was free. And then when you bring it back, you got some kind of bonbon or some little thing. Um, and so um, uh, I just thought I'd throw that out there since I have this in my house. Don Hawkins. 
<laughs> Sorry, I just didn't I just didn't unraise my hand. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. I think that's everybody. Is there anybody else who wishes to give public comment? Uh, hi, I'm Kathleen Harned. My camera does not work. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. You know, I went down to Parks and Recreation and the doors were all locked. <laughs> Tonight. Wasn't the meeting supposed to be at Parks and Recreation? Oh, uh, this is Casey Toomey. No, our meetings um, were here at City Hall. Oh, okay. I think the website says Parks and Recreation. Oh, dear. Well, anyway, that's where I went, and I caught on that it wasn't happening. So, anyway, um, uh, the purpose of my calling in is just to say that I'm very supportive that we have finally gotten to this place. Uh, I also don't think this is the, the end of the road, but it certainly is a great first step. Uh, I do, you know, I'm a member of Sustainability Action Network's board and also Sierra Club. I'm not speaking for Sierra Club, so keep that in mind. But I will say that there are a lot of people around the nation with Sierra Club who are having a great deal of success with their plastic bag ordinances. Uh, the banning of the bags was only helpful when they did a great deal of education ahead of time, or it was a very progressive community. Uh, the fees for the bags truly has shown to be very effective for uh, encouraging people to bring their own bag. Uh, Sustainability Action Network did apply for a grant recently with the Elizabeth Schultz Fund because we would like to uh, use funds to purchase reusable bags that we can then provide to six different nonprofit agencies that would distribute them to their clients or their members who are in need financially. So I we felt that that was a logical first step. If we want to reduce single-use plastic, we need to help people find a solution and start getting used to a new habit of bringing their own bag. So anyway, I wanted to let you know we're very supportive at uh, Sustainability Action Network for this first step. So thank you very much. Is there anybody else who wishes to give public comment? I don't see any other hands raised. Chair, I'll turn the meeting back to you. Okay, this is Michael Claw uh, Jones, Chair of the Sustainability Advisory Board. Um, so we have um, an ordinance before us. Um, we need a motion to move forward whether that be to um, change the wording of the ordinance um, and then vote on that, or if we want to um, kick it back to subcommittee to discuss further. Um, you know, I think if we do that, I think the public has spoken about wanting to have some sort of vote sooner rather than later. Um, and so just, you know, just some information about that. So, um, so board, what do you propose we should do? Steve Kramer, the advisory board. Uh, I do have one point of clarification I'd like to request. And that is the point was made that 
having part of this surcharge coming back to the city was not legally feasible. Is that correct? Yes, it um, was explained to us that um, the municipality collecting the fee would be considered a tax, could be considered a tax. Um, and that's why it was uh, instructed that maybe um, the fees going back to the businesses themselves, then it could be considered a fee and not a tax. Thank you for the clarification. So, I mean, there's different ways that we could do this as a board. Um, you know, we could reword it and then vote on that on a straight out ban without a fee. Um, we could, you know, vote on the ordinance as, as it's written. Um, we could go back to subcommittee um, and have them reword the language uh, that, that they think that would be better suited to represent what we've just heard from the public. Um, so I, we need a motion. This is Stan Rasmussen. I, I don't know that I'm going to make a motion, but I, <clears throat> Makakwa, I like your suggestion of the city, uh, of giving the city commission a goal. I think there should be a deadline with it too. And, and what I've heard from most of the commenters is, is, and I think there's unanimous cons, uh, agreement that none of us want plastic bags and we'd be all in favor of a ban on plastic bags. I think there's some reluctance to also do the same for paper bags, but this ordinance covers both plastic and paper bags. That's just another reason I'm not supportive of it, but I would be very supportive of us either recommending a plastic bag ban or making it a goal that the city try to ban plastic single-use plastic bags by uh, 2025 or, you know, what we think is feasible to allow for time for education of businesses and consumers in the community. But uh, th that'd be kind of the way I'd, I'd be interested in moving. This is Steve Kramer. I'd like to move that we send this back to subcommittee for consideration, reconsideration of a single-use plastic bag ban, reconsideration of the surcharge, and consideration for a goal date to be set and then return back to the advisory board for consideration again. We have a motion. Do we have a second? This is just a point of clarification before uh, we vote on that. So as far as I understand it, we don't have a standing subcommittee on the plastic bag stuff anymore because we've had turnover within the uh, advisory board, within the sustainability advisory board. So I, I am supportive of, you know, what we're talking about, including the goal elements and, and the ordinance. I'm just asking logistically how it works. We don't have existing subcommittee that's focused on this, right? We had people for a couple of years that, that worked on this and, and many of them have rotated off the board. So. That's a well, good point. my motion to include the creation of a subcommittee of two to five members. Um, I'm not sure yet how to form that, but I would suggest volunteers from the uh, Sustainability Advisory Board be considered by our chairperson. I'm not sure how that would work, if that would take longer. Do you have a subcommittee created for this again, or if just assigning this to a subcommittee? Um, we do have standing subcommittees. Um, I think this would, um, I think it'd be more um, 
efficient if we assign it to a subcommittee to look at, reword. Um, but what do you guys think? Macaqua, I'm not sure what you're talking about as far as standing subcommittees. We have those that were identified as the strategic subcommittees that were reformed um, in, I believe, August. So there's not, there is a sustainability uh, subcommittee that possibly, but I don't think we've met, but that possibly could, it could be, it could go to that one, I suppose. Well, I mean, a lot of people's talked about pollution and environmentally conscious environmental conservation. So it could fit under climate change subcommittee. It could fit under um, different other subcommittees, I was thinking. Um, but however, we want to be efficient about this. Steve, um, on your motion. Sorry, go ahead, Stan. Uh, this is Stan Rasmussen. I, I, I'm new enough on the sustainability advisory board. I don't even know how you get on a subcommittee. Are you assigned? Do you volunteer? No, you just volunteer. I, I don't even know how that works. Just volunteer. We have standing subcommittees and we have um, advisory board members that are uh, leading those subcommittees. Um, and so we, we all volunteered to lead subcommittees and then um, join other subcommittees that we wanted to participate in, but the subcommittees are also open to the public um, and volunteers around the public. And so it, it's our job as leading a subcommittee to make sure that the public knows when our meetings are, what's being discussed um, and that sort. So we do have standing subcommittees. Um, you can get on one or you can, um, we can go through the process of creating more subcommittees as we see fit. Um, and so both of those are possibilities. So is there any, is there any procedure that or do you just say, I'm on this subcommittee now? How, do, how does That's that work? That's pretty much it. <laughs> you just say yeah. you're on it. You just let we, the board uh, member know. So yeah, you just let the board member know Stan, ahead of time. Uh, Go ahead, Deb. And if you, if you reach out to Jasmine, she can, um, and Steve, if you reach out to Jasmine, she can let you know what the subcommittees are and who's the chair on that and how to um how to approach them we just have to make sure that we don't have over six is it six people over five yes subcommittee? over five so um if you reach out to jasmine she can give you the list and then who's who's the chair that you can reach out to join those uh, breakout sessions uh, uh, this is Kay again. Thank you. It seems to me that this particular topic might fit easily under the climate change uh, subcommittee. But otherwise, I don't think it would fit with others. Thank you, Kay. That's that's kind of what I was thinking. And just based on what people are kind of couching it under under their concerns. Um, and so that's I think that's something that the climate change subcommittee should um, should get active on, um, which is up to me. Um, and so, so yeah, if we want to put this under climate change subcommittee, and we'll have meetings and try and write another ordinance that that more reflects what um, what the public is saying and address the concerns of the board as well. It would be an opportunity, Makakwa, for you to put it in a goal formation to. In, in a format that we feel like would be acceptable to the city commission. Perfect, thanks, Kate. Okay, so um, I think, uh, yeah, so, go ahead, Stephen. 
amend my motion to send it back to the climate change subcommittee for reconsideration of the points discussed tonight and then brought back to the sustainability advisory board. We have a motion to move this issue to subcommittee to revisit um, possibly at our next meeting for a different wording to present back to the board for vote. Do we have a second? This is Sarah Chenoweth, board member, I'll second. All right, so we have uh, a motion and a second to move the single-use plastic bag ordinance to the climate change subcommittee um, and revisit at a future date. Um, start with Stephen. Yes or no? Yes. Sarah? Excuse me, Macroqua, I think we have to have, don't we have to have public comment or comment at least maybe from the board? I think when you do a motion and then a second, then you need to open it up for comments. I don't think we have any comments, but it seems like you have to do that. This is Casey Toomey, Assistant City Manager. Since we already had public comment, that we've we've uh, um, satisfied that requirement, so okay. we're ready. We're ready to the vote for the vote, but we do need a roll call vote. So, Chair, you were you were yes. on that. Okay, thank you for clarifying that, Casey. Yeah. Okay, so Stephen voted yes. Sarah. Yes. Uh, Kay. Yes. Yes. Kira. Um, I want to say yes, but also just while I have the microphone, um, I want to make sure that we don't have any talk in the future about population control or shaming poor people and families. That's a form of eco-fascism. Mm. And uh, we really need to make sure that that does not happen. We're not going to shame people. We're living in a country that has gone out of its way not to support uh, parents and families and children. Again, that's eco-fascism, and we're not going to do that. Uh, but I vote yes. Thank you. Thank you, Kara. Ben? Yes. Yes, Ben. Uh, Deb? Yes. Yes. And Stan? I think Stan yeah. voted for me, but we're both yeses, I think. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a yes, Stan? I need a verbal yes or no. Yes, yes, twice yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, Allison. Yes. Okay. Is that everybody on the board? I vote yes as well. I think so. So I think that's a unanimous yes. All right, so this issue will get uh, sent to the Climate Change Subcommittee. Um, we will be sending out public notices of the meeting to discuss this, to uh, have the wording changed and brought back to the Sustainability Advisory Board for vote. Okay, moving on. Um, moving on to subcommittee reports. Does any of our subcommittees have, have reports they wanna report out? I do. Um, this is Kay Johnson, Sustainability Advisory Board member. Um, we had um, my energy efficiency with city operations subcommittee met yesterday with transit, and we had a really good conversation. We also uh, had a couple members from the general public, and unfortunately, one of our members didn't get to participate because of poor connections. So, um, 
but we we did have a good meeting with them. It we anticipate that we'll be doing similar subcommittee meetings with other departments. We're interested in understanding what the departments are doing relative to the strategic plan and environmental sustainability. Um, transit, we had several discussions about their schedule for electric buses and replacing the 21 buses that they have. Um, they've got grants for seven buses cost a million dollars a piece. Um, there are plans to have a particular few months that the um, fares will be free. Um, it seems like it's in August next year. They're, um, they have applied for a grant for um, a, a strategic plan for uh, ridership and bus stops and, and how to move forward with their as a, a whole department plan or group plan. Um, they haven't found out about that grant yet, but um, they are moving forward with a lot of different things. They do need um, help and support in um, additional locations in the downtown area. Evidently, that did not go well for them uh, not too long ago. So, um, but we did have a good meeting with them and it gave um, our group a little bit better understanding of what transit's doing. I'm not sure what the next uh, group will be, but uh, we'll make that public. We can have up to five um, sustainability advisory board members. Uh, ben, do you have any, Ben was on our call, Kira was on our call. Do you have any additional things that you'd like to add as a result of our meeting with the transit group? No. I think Ben had to leave and I don't think Kara has any comments. So. Right, we had, a, we had a good meeting. So I, don't know what uh, is on the agenda for next, but Jasmine is arranging those. Uh, and we generally have been meeting on the second Tuesday of the month. So we'll, but we'll, the next time we have one scheduled, we'll let everybody know. Thank you, Kay. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys for doing all that work. Any other subcommittee reports? Are the subcommittee meeting times listed on the city website? I believe so. Kay, are the subcommittee meeting times listed on the website? How would people know that? Information? No, um, we announced it the last meeting, and then Jasmine sent an, an additional email out um, in advance, which I think was Friday. Um, we're, like I said, we're probably going to be scheduled the second uh Tuesday of this coming month, but I'm not sure what group is going to speak to us. Um, but we will uh, make sure everybody gets an email. At least the sustainability advisory board members will get that. And I'm not sure uh, how Jasmine's informing the public. Okay. Okay, moving on. So future agenda items, we have listed, um, Inviting the Indigenous Center to a, oh, I'm sorry, staff report. My apologies. 
This is Casey Toomey, Assistant City Manager. Kim, I don't know if you have you want to deliver a, the staff report, or I'm happy to just give a quick shout out about the Climate Action Plan. Um, yes, Casey, go ahead and and okay. I can answer any questions or add any context if needed. But thank you. Thank Thanks. This is Casey Toomey, Assistant City Manager, and um, my update would be that to, uh, actually on October 19th, um, Jasmine is going to be attending our city commission meeting to give a presentation about the climate action plan. So I want to encourage all of you to tune into that meeting. And there is a link provided to the kind of landing page about the climate action plan. Uh, website. So you can um, click on that and find information about the work that's done so far um, and kind of about the uh, the call to action and the timeline for uh, what what's planned what's planned and yet to come. So I'll stop my update there and um, between me and Kim, maybe we can answer questions. can add to that um, the, the survey that's there uh, on the website, um, even before press release this week, um, or our more loud announcement about it, we had over 100 participants in the survey, even with our soft launch. Um, so that's very encouraging that we're, we're getting some good community feedback already in the process. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. And what was that date again for Jasmine to present that to the city commission meeting? Um, this is Casey Toomey, assistant city manager. It's um, Tuesday, October 19th. Okay. I think it's the next, um, not the, I forget what day this is. I'm sorry. It's our next city commission meeting. Okay. So next Tuesday then. <laughs> yes. Thank you. 19th. Yeah. At what time? Uh, those meetings um, start at 545 and then um, it'll be, you know, the, wherever it falls on the agenda. I can't really give you a more specific time than that, but hopefully okay. that helps. And I will say that the climate change and environmental sustainability is definitely on the mind of the city commission. So now is a good time to attend that meeting. Um, thank you for that information. Um, so our future agenda items are inviting indigenous center to a SAB meeting. Um, Federal Infrastructure Bill and Advancing Sustainability, Role of SAB and Strategic Plan, um, City of Lawrence Waste Stream for Residential and Commercial Customers, Recycling, Compost, and Landfill. Hopefully that'll happen in January. Um, I, um, so as most of you know, I'm running for city commission. Um, one of the things that we have brought up that I have brought up is that there's no measurable goals for sustainability in our strategic plan. Um, and that's something that, that should be talked about, especially with the city manager. Um, and so hopefully, you know, we can, that's something that we can push for sooner rather than later. Um, some measurable goals for the city, for the strategic plan, for the downtown plan, um, economic development plan. There's a lot of plans in place that I think need measure, measurable goals for, for uh, sustainability. Um, so hopefully that's something that we can talk about in the near future. Um, any other comments on future agenda items? Anything we need to add? I do have a question and that's, um, I've got a particular interest, uh, especially in light of the discussion tonight. Uh, Things all revolve around budgets and having money to fund projects. Uh, Kim, are you the right person for me to talk to about 
awareness of federal grants that are emerging and how I might be able to help research some of that? Um, yeah, certainly. I mean, our office, yeah, we are try to keep our eyes on grants available and um, those that would be a good fit for goals that we have or initiatives. So I'd be happy to have that conversation. And I take it to contact you. Is that on our sustainability advisory board website or how do I get um, it up sometime? I don't know if I'm on the sustainability <laughs> advisory board website, but I will drop my email in the chat here. This is Casey Toomey. I know Jasmine's contact information is out there on the website as the staff liaison, but mm -hmm. I'm sure if you got it to Jasmine, she'll hand it over to Ken. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, either one of us can uh, help with that conversation. Sounds great. Thank you. Okay, any member updates for Sustainability Advisory Board? This is Stan Rasmussen. Uh, Michael Qua, you were asking about other things to consider, and I, I had suggested previously that I, I, I'd like help from the city staff in arranging a tour at the hazardous waste collection facility. Hmm. Uh, I'd, li I'd like to better understand how that operation works in our community. Uh, maybe it would be good to also go to set up a visit at HAM to see the recycling operation and, and have a better understanding of that um, as well. So I'd like to suggest those things as well. I would love to do that. Okay. Yeah, I think that Jasmine uh, would be great at setting that up for us. Mm -hmm. We will add that to the future agenda items, Stan. Okay, any member updates? Anybody have a baby or anything? <laughs> no, nothing? Um, I could add to the, the idea of um, visiting some of our waste uh, facilities that um, we'll be setting up a, a tour for the Food Policy Council of our compost facility to um, talk about the, the current pilot um, of incorporating food waste. Um, we're doing an isolated pilot taking food waste from just food and incorporating that into the yard waste facility, just testing the results of that, seeing how this small pilot goes. Uh, and we'll be um, doing setting up a tour of that in the near future. If any SAB members are interested in attending that tour, um, we'd be happy to have you along for the conversation. This is Makakwa. Thank you so much, Kim. I appreciate that. I know that there's some, but there's a member of the public that I know that would love to to attend that. So I will hopefully we can get that message out. Go ahead. I think somebody had another comment. This is Stan. I was just going to say I, I'd be interested in participating in that and seeing that operation. I I would love to be able to put my food waste in our compost bins, make them more of a compost bin instead of just a yard waste bin. Thanks. All right. Um, the only other member update is uh, November 2nd is the election. So get out and vote, guys, people, please. Not November 3rd? No, no, it's November 2nd. I will double check that, but I'm pretty sure it's November 2nd. <laughs> um, public comments. Do we have any more public comments um, at this point in the meeting? 
Chair, I don't see any hands raised, but I'll click through one more time if anybody has general public comment. Please raise your hand if you would like to make any more comments. Your virtual hand. Can I just say I'm really grateful for all the public comments. I, I know it's later in the day and everybody's tired and everybody has a lot on their plate. I really appreciate everybody taking the time to show up and speak so well. And uh, I really want to encourage you to keep showing up and keep track of what the board is doing and keep like come get involved in the subcommittees if you can, because uh, we really need everybody's help. So if you can uh, show up, but also let people in your personal circles know what's going on and encourage them to show up. Thanks, you guys. I appreciate it. And I will let Jasmine know um, that hopefully we can get a hold of um, the people who showed up. And um, I guess it, I, I hate to put the onus on you, but if you showed up and made a public comment to contact Jasmine with your email address so we can send out when those uh, subcommittee meetings are and you can show up to that as well. Um, I want to make it as easy as possible for people to attend that. So um, check out Sab's uh, community Facebook page. Um, we will do our best to let Sunrise Movement know. And if anybody else wants to contact Jasmine and be on that list, then please let us know so that we can include you. Hold us accountable, please. Okay, it is 721 um, with no other comments, no other member updates, no other board member um, issues to bring up. I will adjourn this meeting. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate it. Have a good evening. Bye.